0: Unsilencing Stories is a podcast that reflects the voices of people in small towns and communities in Canada who have lost loved ones to the toxic drug supply crisis. Since 2016, more than 30,000 people have died from fatal overdoses in Canada, and that number continues to climb. The risk in smaller towns and communities is much higher than in urban areas because of a lack of harm reduction services and stigma against substance use and people who use drugs. This podcast is part of a community-based participatory research project facilitated by Erin Goodman, PhD, a faculty member at Quatland Polytechnic University in Surrey, BC, along with students Jenna Keeble and Ashley Pokernich. The aim was to assist collaborators in publicly memorializing their loved ones and expressing grief, as well as challenging silences imposed by dominant media organizations and stigma from society against substance use and people who use drugs. We hope these nuanced stories make a clear why. the government needs to be doing more to prevent further deaths. Please note, this podcast contains information about overdose death, grief, and trauma that may be distressing to listen to. In this episode, you'll hear Shauna Russell interviewing Stephanie Norton in Prince George, BC about Stephanie's ex-partner and friend who experienced a fatal overdose. Stephanie chose not to disclose their name due to privacy concerns.
1: Yeah, Steph, do you want to tell me um, about who's the person that you want to memorialize today? Yeah,
2: I'd, ra- I'd rather not say their name. They were living in Reggie Alberta. I think for me, like, the most important memory I have of that person is, like, the very first time I ever saw them. I've never seen a person in my life that was like them in any way. They, like, locked eyes with me, I locked eyes with them, and that was just it. It was, like, stuck to my life like glue in a, not necessarily a perfect way, but no, like, no one else ever could be. It was just like a, a force of nature. A charming force of nature.
1: <laughs> he is charming. <laughs> what, um, like what really stands out for you about him?
2: I, I don't know. Like his energy, his confidence, his loyalty, his fearlessness. Who like, who he was is like unlike anyone like I've ever met in my life. It's like a definite loss for the world, let alone for me. He had a lot more that he could have shown the world that he chose not to. I think he did that on purpose. He didn't care if he wanted to have it for himself. But he shared it with me, right? Like, I got to see it.
1: Like, do you feel like you had a really different viewpoint of him than other people had? Like, you got to see, like, a different side of him than other people?
2: Oh, absolutely. Like, no, nobody got to see that. Like, very few people. Very few people he chose to show that to. Like, a handful of people in his, well, short life. But nobody really liked him at all. It's kind of horrible in a lot of ways. But, like, magical and powerful in a hundred other ways. Hilarious, also. No one ever make me laugh like that, for sure, never again.
1: What was your, like, relationship to him like, in the time that you knew him, was it?
2: At first, like, of course, like, he was my partner, but then he became, like, my, like, asshole of older brother, essentially, who just, like, plagued my life. Uh, but I wanted him there, like, no matter how, like, much stress and strain and frustration he gave me, like, I, wa- I still wanted him there. He was, like, a brother to me, for sure,
1: yeah. What's your most vivid memory of him?
2: Absolutely. Again, like, the first moment moment—the first moment I saw him, yeah, just passed by my room. Locked eyes with me and then passed right back. Like, looked around the corner like, hmm, who are, who are you? Well, who are you? You're, like, coming into my room. This is crazy. Like, get out of here. And I don't know. No one's, like, ever, like, looked at me like that in my life. Like, I was someone. I was someone to stop in, like, a house full of 40 people. Who am I? No one had ever done that before then he took me to the park it took me a little date to the park and that was it i didn't even like him i was kind of mean to him <laughs> but i had to go i couldn't not go i had to just i don't know I was drawn to him i wanted to see what he who he was i don't know my most vivid memory absolutely the very first time i saw him and he looked at me and i looked at him and i was like oh god i'm in for it
1: i like, can i get rid of this person <laughs> i might as well go for coffee with him it sounds like just like right off the bat he just made you feel really special
2: Oh, absolutely. A room full, you know, super hot chicks. I was just like, why do you want, why do you want to hang out with me? And, like a crazy, like, $400 fedora on and like, dressed in the nines. I was just like,
1: if he were here today, what would you ask him?
2: Like, what were you doing? What was going on in his head? What was he feeling that he'd given up his whole life to like go and work and make all this money to start farming and like doing all this t- stuff that he'd have never, in my opinion of him, done? And then what brought him to that place? Did he lose his spark? Did, like, something happen? Did some, what turned his spark off? How did he find himself just alone? What happened? What was going on? Never, like, saw weakness in that person at all, that he would just be, like, hiding alone. What went wrong, I guess?
1: Do you, like, want to share any of, kind of, like, what happened? Like Yeah,
2: well, he'd just been working up north and using a lot, I'm guessing, to sleep, to keep having enough energy to work. Then coming home, then he can't sleep because he's doing too many uppers. And then he's doing downers to relax and sleep and get some rest. And he's just alone. And the one thing I always knew of him was that, yeah, he always used here and there. Not so frequently, I wouldn't say, but frequently enough, more so than most people. But he always made sure he wasn't alone. He was never alone. Someone was always there, like many times before. I was, I'd come home and he'd be there with someone and he'd be ODing and, like someone would be there like helping him and i'm like oh my god like what's going on but every time that i knew like because he had overdosed many many times what had changed in his mind that he didn't want someone to be there you know maybe he wanted to go maybe that was his plan who knows i think about
1: that a lot what can you think about him that like still makes you smile
2: I don't know, his jokes, for sure. Yeah. No one's, like, no one in my life ever been funnier than, than that guy for sure. Like, I don't know, everything he says, every time I hear, like, a certain, even word, like, on the radio or something, like, like my friend earlier was like, oh, you're gonna do this interview and, like, get some money, and all I could hear, all I could think in my head was, like, tell a dollar story, y'all! <laughs> it's like Harry was saying some sort of comment.
1: Did you have any, like, jokes that were, like, just between the two of you?
2: I don't know, I feel like we had lots. More so, like body language, or like he just had his way of cheering me up always. Specific jokes, no, he just kind of told the same jokes all the time to everyone, but it was more like how he told the jokes, right? Just make this like eye contact with you, like if he cared about you. If he didn't care about you, he just like look around, like whatever it was, but like saw into your soul, right? So if you just like did a weird face or it was different.
1: Do you have like a favorite memory of him?
2: Almost every memory I have with him, even like horrible memories. Just so ingrained in my soul, a lot, a lot of things I also can't say on here. Uh, Everything about him. Even when you're pissed at him, you're like, "Oh God, like, what's, what's he gonna do, or what's he gonna say?" After he said it, you're always glad he did. Like, someone had to say it, you know, just because the way he said it was like horrible or cruel or hilarious. No one else was willing to say it. He didn't dick around. It's almost like he knew, like he only had so much time. He had to just like not dick around i just gotta say and do all the things i want to say and do because that's how i want to be like i don't want to waste my time small talking you know he didn't do that
1: do you remember any favorite stories about childhood that he ever told
2: yeah i do he had this story it's like it's one of my favorite stories actually especially now that i'm a mom so i like really like it especially now but he'd say that his mom like he was telling his mom and him and his brother were, like, telling his mom, like, oh, we want all these cool toys for Christmas. Like, we gotta have all these, like, deadly toys. And she was like, oh, yeah? Cool. Fine. We'll go get those toys then. And she took them to the to the Walmart, like probably the Kmart, actually, at that time. But took them down to the Kmart and, like, let them fill. She's like, fill the cart with, like, whatever you guys want. Like, just fill the cart up. And she, they were like, whoa, Mom. I'm like, really? Like, they were super poor, so they were super surprised. And, like, she went around the Kmart and, like... Let them fill a car with, like, every cool toy they could ever imagine. She's like, are you done? They're like, yeah, we're done. So they go up to the cat. They go up to the cash. She rings everything in. It's like 600 bucks or something. And the woman's like, you know, like, what's, you know, form of payment? She's like, all right. Now my kids think, oh, they just deserve all these things for Christmas. Oh, this is what they need. This is what all the other kids have. This is what's going to happen happened? So why don't you tell my kids why I can't, why I can't afford to buy them any of the stuff in this cart? And there's, like, faces white. She's, like, crying at the tail. And he was just, like, I never asked for, like, anything for Christmas again. He was, like, it's just embarrassing." the hell out of All these people are waiting. Like, the ladies ring all this stuff in. And that's, like, when he learned, like, what poverty was, you know? He just, like, his mom just, like, threw it right in his face, like, in, like, the biggest, most real way she could, you know? No parents ever do that. No parents don't tell their kids, like, what money even means. And she, like, told him. He's, like, five years old. She's just, like, this is what it means. Like, we can't can't have any of this stuff, you know. But he didn't tell it in, like, a mean way. He told it in, like, a that's the most hilarious thing my mom ever did way. I think it taught him a lot about, like, the value of money. And also says a lot about him. How, like, someone can tell, like, someone a horrible story, but he just made it, like, hilarious. Mama's, like, throwing, at, throwing down the whip. Yeah. She's also deadly. Just as deadly as he was yet. Yeah. That's a hilarious
1: story. Yeah, Yeah, I feel like that, like, the way that he, like, perceives that story, like, or perceived that story and just, like, retold it. Like you say, I think that says a lot about him. What do you think that he, like, really valued the most in his life?
2: Family, 100%. That's all that mattered to him was his family. I don't know. That's what I mean about, like, even, like, me specifically. Like, he chose me as his family even though it, like, didn't work out. I was just, like, his annoying kid sister that he, like, had to take care of. No, that's all that mattered to him was his sister and his brother and his mom, his grandparents. That's all That's all that mattered to him in the world. His dog, his best friends, very few that there were. Uh, and he didn't have done anything for them. Shoes and shirt off, his back, that's all he cared about. No, Love, just cared about love. He loved a little too many people, but <laughs> well, women, I should say. That's all he cared about, yeah. And shoes, I guess, and hats. <laughs> shoes and hats, gotta be in there.
1: Like, what do you think about, like, the hat was, like, so meaningful for him about that?
2: Well, I don't know. In some ways, I feel like it was just, like, his, like, costume, you know, just had to be, like, more extravagant than, like, everyone else around him. Kind of an old soul in a lot of ways. And I think he, like, saw it more like he'd be respected. A respected man wore a nice hat. Someone of, like, a value has a nice hat. That's your, like, status symbol, you know? And like when you have like a grubby hat, he was like felt like fuck like, <laughs> like can't can't rock that. Like you just like throw it away, even if it's a nice hat and it got like a little dirty or something. Can't have that. But it wasn't like, Oh, I wanna look cool at all. No. We'd go down to like the haberdashery in Toronto It it's like this crazy old store, with this crazy like walls and walls and walls of hats. Like it was out of like Alice in Wonderland or something. It was nuts. And this tiny old man, like gristly old, like ninety eight year old man, like ran the store, he's like eighty pounds look at that guy like no other way i'd ever seen him look at anybody he just like respected this old man he'd like tip his hat at him like thanks for like giving me the power almost and he'd go down there like once every a few years like buy your hat if he didn't respect you you were nothing if you didn't respect him he made sure you respected him he'd give you a reasons why and if he really wanted to sh- make an impression, he'd go home and change his hat. <laughs> so I think it's for sure, just like respect. He made sure he wore that hat that day. He went home and like changed it, put his nicer hat on to take me to the park. He like <laughs> wanted me to see his value. That's his prized possession, absolutely.
1: Yeah, so Steph, is there anything else that you want to add about, about him?
2: I don't know. I, I loved him for sure. I'll never meet another person or love another person like I did for him. He like touched my life more than almost anybody. And not something I was expecting at all came upon me like a hurricane. (laughs) I'm in your life now, Steph. That's it. And I didn't think he'd ever go away. I never thought anything could take him out. I thought he'd be here wreaking havoc for, like, forever. I didn't think anything could kill him. No one's invincible. Not when it comes to this, that's for sure.
0: That brings us to the end of this episode of the Unsilencing Stories podcast. To listen to more interviews in the series, please go to www.unsilencingstories.com. And if you'd like to share your thoughts on the episode, message us at unsilencingstories at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and please share the project of other people you know.